<sighs> you know, I like these games. Like, I liked the first one, I liked the second one, but... It is really strange. I, I think it's maybe just because of me. Because I'm playing at the rate at which I read. So I'm just mashing through the text as fast as possible. And so what ends up happening is the way it looks is... is it's just this non-stop event. Anyways. <clears throat> uh, so I do have to admit, I didn't... On the one hand, I didn't quite get into this one as much as the first game. And on the other hand, I found this game better than the first one in almost every way. Now, let me explain that. The first trial was... Well, actually, before I... Turn like where I just want to start. Because the first thing they really add... In fact, arguably, the only thing they really add is the Psylocks. Now, the Psylocks are a clever introduction and actually are, are used to very good effect. But the problem is, for the Psylocks to really work, you have to establish it. As the only way this kind of inversion or subversion can work is if you establish something first, then we know what's going on with it. So what happens is the Silox and the Magatama, which I'm probably pronouncing incredibly wrong, I could just call them beads, be relatively accurate, are established relatively early on and then used throughout the course of the game. Well, I'll get back to that, but I kind of liked the inclusion of the Silox. I think it was a neat little addition to the series. I do think the penalty things of the health bar were a little bit more unfair this time. I mean, I was using a walkthrough, so I'll admit to that. But at the same time, it, you know, it shows you. It's like, here's how much you're going to lose. And I was like, whoa! I have also read that apparently you can accuse the judge. <laughs> and if you do so, you lose 95% of the bar. Which basically means if you've done anything wrong, it's an instant failure state. So that's fun. But I don't have much to say about the gameplay because, again, it's just, it's the first game again with the addition of the Psylocke and the, uh, the health problem and the. <laughs> now, I have some notes. One of the things I find interesting is there's a very notable pattern to these games. I've heard people mock it several times, but it boils down to here's the case. And at this point, it's all in like normal sea land, okay? So here's the evidence. Okay, well, I point out the obvious flaws in it. Oh, well, okay, so now that I've lied, the guy's like, oh, sure, let me let me have new new evidence. Here we go. Okay, okay, that that's totally concrete. And then I put out the lies again. They get a little more flipped out. And, like, this is normal sea land, and this is Luna sea land. And so they just kind of... It's like going down a series of steps. Each time they try to readjust their their evidence and, and just spew perjury out their mouth as if it's the, the frickin' river or something. We we they keep being like, okay, well this is what I actually meant and this is this no this is what I actually meant. Could you prove the baby didn't throw it out of a blimp? <sighs> Points if you get it. Just And that's a very repeated pattern. Probably the third case in this one, the circus one, is the only one that really kind of bypassed that usual method since I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Uh, basically, because the one time the guy Acro, who's guilty, he's guilty, guilty, guilty. He's he never broke. He never had the oh yeah. Well, even though I'm being incredibly obvious about how much it bothers me that you're f picking apart my story. Now he didn't do that like all the others did. But let's rewind a second. This pattern worked for me, but I want you to keep that pattern in mind and the perjury comment because I'm going to build up to a point here. Okay. It's, it's a very small point, but I want to make the point nonetheless. So the first one, amnesia. 
In fact, it's even video game amnesia, which is, which is actually worse. Okay, I get it. You were trying to do it as a tutorial. Um, it's stupid. I do like how they kind of weave it into the narrative of the first trial. But it was still pretty stupid. And it was kind of irritating how he's just like bungling his way into the courtroom and just bungling his way through everything. And of course, they're, they're, everything is so... The first case, it's a tutorial case. I get it. But it was so ludicrously obvious what was going on. It was just like, okay. I also have to point out something. One of the key points in their whole case was the fact that the, the guy, you know, fell and broke his neck. And then the gentleman who has just fallen and broken his neck then spends time writing out Maggie in the sand. Like, do I have to explain how wrong that is on every level? <laughs> but, but anyways, anyways. And it gets, it gets cartoony, and it gets weird. And, uh, wait, hang on, what did, I, what did I write here? Oh, yeah, that's, that's something I wrote down. Why are these always murder cases? I've actually asked Valvadrix this before. I know she's a fan of this series, and... Her response is, well, they're more exciting. I don't agree. In fact, the problem is the murder cases just kind of don't fit the theme and tone of most of these. Oh, don't mistake me. They fit some of them. Like case four in this? Murder? Yeah, no. Totally. Uh, case four and five in the first game also. Yep, I'm with it. And in some cases, it being a murder fits the specific tone of the thing. But, I mean... There's a scene at the end of the third one. I'm going to go back to the third one, the Turkish one. At the end, it's like, okay, we turn it in. And Regina's like, hey, it's okay. You know, I just found out that this guy who, you know, I thought was my friend and, and awesome just tried to kill me. And was and accidentally killed my father instead. But we're just going back to a happy life. Yay! Okay, I'm exaggerating slightly. But the, the, the tone of this work is this light, silly, happy, cartoony thing. And it never really loses that tone except for certain cases. And it's usually the big cases, like, like the fourth one and this one. Why not have the rest not be murder cases? It can be assault. Assault's still a felony. Come on. Anyways, <clears throat> so then we get to the second case, and this is when the fool of a foolish... I can't even do it. A fooly fool who foolishly fools all fooly... She really, really likes that word, doesn't she? Francisca shows up. And... You remember how I mentioned normalcy land? Well, the second case starts down here, and then it goes down. The whipping... It, like, I get it. I get it. It's part of the joke. It's part of the appeal. The whipping is ridiculous. At one point, she starts whipping the judge and telling him what to do. When you beat her in the case, when you when you win, she whips you into unconsciousness. And everyone's just like, okay. That's also assault, by the way. Beating someone to unconsciousness with a weapon? In, in a public courtroom with, like, 30 witnesses? I've always wondered, what is the point of the other people in the courtroom? Are they literally just there as spectators? I mean, I know open courts, and that's how that works. Everyone has access to go. But I'm starting to wonder if people just attend these just for the show. I mean, I mean, that sounds kind of fun to me. Just get out there, you know, get, I don't have popcorn here. Just picture I have some popcorn. Well, what's got, well, I just got back from the bathroom. What's been? Oh, you just missed Francisco whipping the judge for like a minute because he wouldn't actually agree to her terms. Oh, that's great. Pass, pass the small Diet Coke. 
<clears throat> Franziska is amusing because she is, in a way, as corrupt as her father, but in an innocent sort of a way, which I know sounds strange. Case 4 really shows this, especially by the end. The idea that Francisca obviously believes in the you-must-win-at-all-costs, but basically she's at the beginning of that journey, whereas her father was towards the end. Her father was willing to murder a guy in order to maintain his winning streak, whereas she, well, she's willing to falsify evidence and, you know, whip people. But she's not at the point of actually being a murderer herself. Hence the idea that, well, she's bad, she's not as bad. And I'm actually kind of curious if she ever comes back in the future and, you know, is a better character. Since Lord knows Edgeworth pissed me off the first time he showed up in the first game, and he grew a lot. And in this game, by the way, you'll notice he continues the same arc that he started in the first game, so that's awesome, too. Anyway, so this, I'm sorry, I'm not really talking about the second case because there's not really a lot to say about it, except for the fact that this is a world in which there's channelings, mediums, and morphic possessions as a regular habit of life. That's, that's a normal thing. Keep that in mind. I'm building up to that point still. So we get to case three, where we officially go from one circus to another. <sighs> I'm sorry, I've been told all my jokes are dad jokes nowadays. I think it just happens when you get older. Your brain just starts to degenerate. And we also see that Batman, one of Batman's nemesis shows up. Nemeses shows up in this one. The ventriloquist, you know. I mean, it is it is just blatant the way he completely changes the moment he does it. One little very nice touch. I noticed they actually had him doing. You know, his lips were moving just barely during his talking scenes. Nice little touch. So, I had my notes here, and I actually had to scribble this out because I was wrong. Um, the, uh, at first I was mentioning how the Pepper in the old case didn't really have a proper murder, unless you count the, you know, the Pepper. <laughs> or the lion? Did they keep that lion? I mean, you'd think, regardless of circumstances, the lion biting down on the head of a kid, that, like, this lion's dead, right? Like, they took it out back and shot it, right? <laughs> just, just curious. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so... I'm sorry, I'm so weirded out because the the third case, like, it, it's just in Nana land, and it really does come across as bizarre. And you notice they throw suspect after suspect after suspect, because obviously the goal of these games is not to, to prove your client's innocence. That would be the goal of a defense attorney, which you are not, obviously. Still building that point. <laughs> no, instead, your goal is to actually deduce the crime. You're basically Sherlocking your way through the situation, trying to figure out who actually done it. Who done it. But um, the, the guy who's all peaceful and normal and all calm and relaxed, he's one, as I mentioned earlier, he's one of the only guys who doesn't do the flip out thing that everyone else does. I, I love the first guy. I forget his name. You know, the third rate guy. And he's like pulling on his scarf so hard his face is distending. There's also Mimi in the second one who's like pulling her hat over her face just they really love these things, don't they? Anyways. <clears throat> this seemingly placid, wheel wheelchair-bound guy who loved his brother, supposedly, just can't forgive her for the fact that his brother was injured in this way. So he thought, logically, the best possible thing to do would be to murder her in cold blood. 
she's still a kid. You kind of see why I look at this and I'm like, why is this in this game? It's okay, he didn't succeed at murdering her. He only succeeded in accidentally murdering her father. Oops. I do have to admit, and I, I, I admit I like this, the series of some of these crimes is so off the wall. It, because in a typical situation you have, you know, evidence, suspects, motive, weapon, crime, right? In this, they it really is portrayed as more of a puzzle game because they went back and they set up the circumstances so it's not linear. He didn't try to kill the 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 oh God, I can't think of his name Jerry or Barry whatever his name is the ringmaster. He didn't try to kill the ringmaster. He tried to kill his daughter. So you know, kind of piecing that together gets a little more tricky as you go through it. But that's still really really messed up. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit hail uh, irritated by the hail Mary. Now, the problem is, right at the end there, it's like, no, I need my one miracle to prove this right. But there's no bust in his thing. Now, the problem is, this isn't quite as bad as it was in the first game. If you remember, I think the third or the fourth case in the first game, I, I don't remember which, literally required, like, ma maybe it was the second case. One of the cases in the first game required magical intervention to get you the answer. Just, just literally, uh, just making it up off the fly. It, this is similar, but at least this one does treat it like a, a logic puzzle. Because if we presume guilt, that's the important part. We have to presume that, uh, what was his name? Arak or Aaron? Uh, Aaron Acro. Acro. If we presume Acro is guilty, then we have a logic puzzle to solve. Okay, so he had to have the bust on him, but he didn't get rid of it because he couldn't get rid of it. And the... The investigation, the, the 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 surprise sweep of his room was done as a surprise. He didn't know it was coming. He didn't have time to prep for it. So, where could he have put the bust under a short period of time, given his limitations? And then we could be like, aha, it's it's in the thing. So you can deduce your way through it. So it's not as bad as in the first game. I do still wish it had been a little better constructed, like, say, the fourth case. I really like the fourth case in this one. In fact, it's funny because I am pretty sure that I spent as much time on the fourth case as I did on the first three combined. It was a huge case, and it was awesome. And it was even better because it, it took a lot of these concepts and turned them on their head. One of my favorite little tidbits, and I already kind of mentioned this, was you talk to Matt, and you say, Matt, did you, did you do it? And he says, no, I did not kill. And it's like, oh, okay. No Cyclock shows up. Because he told the truth. He, he deceived, but thanks to the technically word-logic way of this, this magic works, it didn't actually provoke anything. Meanwhile, just about everyone else has, like, five, massive five-lock psylocks showing up all over the place, and you spend a lot of time just trying to push your way through those. So it's like, okay, yeah, my defendant's totally innocent. And as you push your way through it and, and make your way through it, it actually helps you to... Um, not only appreciate the circumstance, but you really do have to deduce what the heck is going on. And, once, and, and this is the best part, once you find out that he's guilty, that's when the twist kind of settles in, because it doesn't matter that he's guilty. What matters is the fact that he's got Maya. So, um... <clears throat> I... I'm trying to think of how to properly phrase this. I really love this idea of making it not being about defending your client, who you know is guilty, but being forced 
to defend your client, who you know is guilty. Not because I like that idea, because I actually hate that idea. In fact, in real life, there's a term for that, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's basically when an attorney can basically say, I'm bowing out of this case legally. I am recusing myself from this and saying, nope. And they could do it for a number of reasons, legally, but, you know. <clears throat> but, of course, we have to. Not because we, you know, we have some kind of code about it, but because, because you got Maya, right? And, of course, we get DeKiller in, and he's, he's, his last name is DeKiller? I know we already live in this kind of weird cartoon land, but DeKiller? Really? Anyways, anyways. <clears throat> it's okay, though. Francisca is shot, which brings in Edgeworth. Now, he's actually been involved in the fourth case uh, since the end of the third case, technically. But, you know, Edgeworth comes in, and, of course, he is still pushing for the truth which is kind of a continuation of his arc from one, like I mentioned earlier, which is awesome. And I love the back and forth. as It's a very cool trial because we have to rely on him defeating our points, but also we're working alongside him in order to attempt to... Like, there's this wonderful counterbalance that goes through it. And, and you feel like you're on a tightrope, the whole thing. It was wonderful. Um, I also have to admit, I've, I've already commented on how funny it is to see the, the, vic, the witnesses, you know, react. To Killer's radio, or whatever the heck it was, the transceiver, sweating and exploding. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I love it. I love it. So, of course, what I love most about it, I'll admit it, I figured out how to solve the fourth trial relatively early on. I, I didn't actually get the full gist of exactly what I needed to do until he mentioned that he doesn't like traitors because he says that to us. I hate traitors. And I was like, yep, nope, I was right. Pretty early on, I'm like, okay, the only way for this to work is we have to turn Matt and DeKiller against each other. DeKiller is the one holding the knife over our neck. We remove DeKiller from the equation, well, then we can let the rest of the process take place. After all, Matt is extremely clearly guilty here, and there's no problem with doing that. And if we pronounce, so, I, was, uh, I do love the way it ends up, though, because he's either guilty, in which case he's going to jail and his life is over, or he's innocent, in which case he's going to be killed by the killer. Also, if he's guilty, he's probably still going to be killed by the killer. Let's just be honest about that for a second. And he totally has it coming. <laughs> I do wish they hadn't told us that outright. Uh, Mia, or whatever her name is, literally is just like, ah, oh, this is what you need to do. You need to review the evidence for the one person who needs to hear it. And I'm like, yes, I get it. I get it, game. Now, I enjoyed this game. A lot of cool characters, uh, a lot of sort of cartoony ridiculousness. I love how not like the justice system it is. I really do. Because real-life justice system is extremely boring and depressing and awful. This is a, this is a cartoon show, in a good way. This is like Animaniacs. Well, that's not not that bad, but like, I don't know, like Futurama maybe? Just kind of in that direction. Why does it have to be a, a, a parody of the legal system? I've thought this before, and I was thinking through this as I was going through the fourth case. I would actually rather this wasn't. So we already have a world in which it's fictional. It's obviously based on real life, but it's an Elseworld. I mean, they establish this very firmly. There's literally a, a scene where we see Maya turns into another person thanks to the possession thing, right? In short, this is a world in which we have demonstrable magic and spirits and channeling and 
a legal code that would make the Byzantines blush. <laughs> so, why not go full tilt with that? Why not remove it from the legal system and make up a new legal system in its place? One that better fits the format. Because remember, I hate to tell you guys this, but a defense attorney's job is not to find the truth. It is to defend their client. It is to try and prevent the client from getting a guilty verdict, regardless of other circumstances. And a prosecutor's job is not to find the truth. It's to ensure a guilty verdict, regardless of outside extremely. And then they, that's why they push for it, even in cases when they have no case, really. Look up the conspiracy defense that, a cons that prosecutors use sometimes. It's, a, it's actually hilarious. You ever hear a prosecutor use the conspiracy defense? It means they have nothing else left in the tank. They're, that's their last, that's the last thing. Anyways, <clears throat> so... What, uh, what, what are we looking at here? Because they all, remember, we can't just prove innocent. We have to specifically find the guilty party. We have to seek the truth, if you will, as kind of a truth seeker kind of a thing. Yeah, I know, okay, it's, it's a dumb name, but it was the first one that came to mind. Why not replace, you know, the court system with this other system where you are someone who it is your job. You have been hired, uh, you, you are working for the government. And your regular purpose is to deduce the truth from a circumstance. Now, this makes so many of the other aspects of the game kind of slide into place for me. Working with the you know police and actually going to the scene of the crime and interacting with people and witnesses and all, all that yourself. Because it is now no longer your job to defend your client. It's your job to figure out what happened. Kind of going back to that Sherlock idea I mentioned earlier. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, hang on, Laura. If we're these truth seekers... What the heck is our opposition? Because, I mean, who would be on opposition to us? Well, I actually had an idea on that one. Because one of the interesting things, if you pay attention, in both the first two games is our opposition. The prosecutors, even though they are trying to defeat us and to do so with falsified evidence more than once, for the most part, what they do is help to confirm the things we have come to. They effectively are like, well, you can't... And, and I'm trying to think of an analogy. You, you prove a basic truth, and then they challenge that. So you have to prove a more mediocre truth, and they challenge that. So then you have to prove a complex truth, and so on. That's the pattern we follow, right? I kind of mentioned that staircase thing earlier. I told you I was building up to this point. So they're not really being the prosecutor, other than the falsifying evidence thing, of course. No, instead what they're doing is they're challenging us. Now... So I was thinking, why not have something in a similar role? Not as a challenger, because that just sounds dumb. Uh, in fact, I actually went looking for a term that would work for this, and I jotted down a few. Uh, purifier was actually the first th thought that ended up coming to mind. Um, it could also be that they are part of an organization, or like a, a separate sect, if you will. That way you can have multiple... So we, we're always, you know, the, the truth seeker, and we're always playing a truth seeker. Um, but the enemy side could always be part of the crucible committee. And I know what you're thinking. I'm sorry, Lord. What? The point of a crucible is to break things down until it's at its most core elements. And the legal system in some legal systems, I shouldn't say the, several legal systems are actually designed to be intellectual crucibles, to bear down the unnecessary to leave with the core nugget of truth. Hence the idea of the crucible committee. Pax uh, vo volunteered the idea of the specific, specific, 
the specific person who was actually in charge of you know handling a case being a flame tender or something like that. And at that point, their opposition makes a little bit more sense because it's literally their job not to prove you wrong, but to force you to work to prove things right. To not just answer with a simple truth, but a complex one. What do you guys think? I know, it'll never happen. I'm only up to the second game and they've got, well, like eight? Like three of which haven't come out outside of Japan? It was just a thought that occurred to me, because as awful as this is going to sound, I think that the trappings, the, the masquerade of a cartoonish court system is one of the biggest flaws of these games overall. Because this isn't, this isn't a legal system. This isn't how any of this works. And that's fine. I don't mind it working the way it works. I mind the fact that they call it the justice system. It's kind of like how the fact that the games are set in <clears throat> America. <laughs> you know? If you'll excuse me, let me have my cheeseburger here. You know, I'm making fun. I did enjoy this, and I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on this. And I'm curious what you guys think of my terrible, awful idea that will no, no doubt be hated. I, I know, I know. I, it's just, it's, it's something that occurred to me, and it's something I think would be kind of cool. Maybe as a branch off for a new kind of series of games, like a fantasy version of this, maybe? Or a sci-fi version, that'd be kind of cool. Either way, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you next time.